Hello and welcome to the LMA Scenario Moment. My name is Aaron Spears. At Hathcock, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, if you've seen the title of this episode, you probably know what we're going to talk about. And that would be Israel at war not 48 hours ago. Um, Hamas launched a really sophisticated attack on the entire country. And, was, it, um, was it sophisticated, though? I mean, yeah, they paraglided they... over the border. <clears throat> I don't know if that well, was sophisticated. I mean, like, Simpsons did it, so. It, it's sophisticated in the way that you could execute the biggest terrorist attack in history with uh, 18 box cutters. Like, that's all you needed was a box cutter, and you could do that. And, and, um, some, and like, some, like uh, you said, they're homegrown flight lessons. Yeah, uh, not landing, just taking off, and that's it. <laughs> one way. Um, it was a one-way trip. So, yeah, it's sophisticated in the sense that it was heavily coordinated, and they had, like, gyrocopters, and they blew up a barrier, and they went to different towns and just slaughtered people. And um, I guess you would say it's a military failure. It's an Israeli government failure that they didn't know that this was coming or they didn't prepare for it, which we don't right. know. And, like, how? How did they not? So <clears throat> I was just listening to Breaking Points uh, before we started talking here, and they were saying about how, like, the border for Israel is supposed to be, like, one of the most secure borders, like, out of any country in the world. And so how is it that Hamas was able to... Uh, like plan these attacks Israel claims that they have uh, informants uh, and infiltrators inside of Hamas and Hezbollah and all this other stuff but is that really true since like you said this is one of the most horrific terrorist attacks in quite a while I guess um, probably ever it could be yeah um, because uh, so they were also stating that like Israel hasn't had a terrorist attack in a decade, uh, so that's I think I guess pretty good, right? Like ten years without a terrorist attack, and uh, well, they have incidences here and there, but I don't. As far as like a suicide bombing or whatever, I, yeah, I guess that probably is true. Well, they have like a huge security state, right? So apparently, <clears throat> pretty much anywhere you go in Israel, you get wanted for explosive vests and shit like that so um apparently it's quite a shock to most people who go visit there because it's super duper secure like you know that shit doesn't happen here in the u.s right like you're not getting necessarily wanted when you go into fucking cvs or something like that um sure we do it for large-scale events for like sports and and things of that nature but yeah um i guess you trace this back to when the israelis 22 whatever it was years ago um pulled all forcibly pulled all jews out of the gaza strip whether they wanted to go or not and they handed it over and the palestinians selected hamas as their leadership and you know you they just kind of let it fester and that's what israel's been forced to do is they they have to show so much restraint because it's like other countries will blame them if they go too far. 
I'm not saying in this case that's not gonna. It now it's too late. Like this is just it's it's on. But in the past, you know. Sure, and like I'm not a Middle East geographer, right? But they are, Israel's pretty much surrounded by enemies on like all sides, with the exception of like Egypt. You know, that's probably the <clears throat> only friendly border that they really share with anybody, and it's not like it's a huge border there. Like it's, it's they only, had to win I, the I Six mean, Day War, hundred square for miles. Egypt. And, I mean, first of all, I I don't know if Egypt had any involvement one way or the other. So like, I don't even see them as like their ally, but um, what what Egypt has done in in this situation has, is actually closed the border um, to Egypt. They've flooded. um, They like flooded all the tunnels that they knew of that they could carry migrants under into Egypt. And uh, you know, they completely shut their borders down and, um, you know, Egypt has been part of a um, like a blockade uh, outside of Gaza to prevent them from going fishing and, and stuff like that because they're really trying to crunch Gaza. Um, so Egypt has been involved, uh, especially with Israel, in regards to those kinds of things, um, like keeping Gaza suppressed and stuff. So, um, well, yeah, and like I said, the the only reason that is a thing is because the Israelis already beat them in a in the Six Day War. So, um, I'm I was just while you were uh, talking, I, I was kind of looking over Benjamin Netanyahu, whose uh, speech he just put out on Twitter moments ago. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just over, you know. Like so, Gaza it it, it was operating independently. It had ports. Um, it wasn't allowed to have an international airport, obviously, but it was operating independently. And I don't see there's no reason to believe anything coming out of that area you now about any of this because if that's if they really cared about peace or they really cared about an independent Palestine, then this wouldn't have occurred. Um, well, I, I guess you, we, you have to draw the distinction between Palestinians and Hamas, okay? They're not entirely the same thing. I'm not saying that there's not support for Hamas within Palestine. I guarantee that there is. There's support for Hamas people apparently living in fucking Tampa, Florida, and Fort Lauderdale, uh, Fort Lauderdale Florida, and in Canada, and in New York Vancouver. City. Like, yeah. obviously, there are, you know, people out everywhere protesting in support of Palestine, Um does that necessarily mean that they support Hamas? I, I don't know. Like, I but think that's, so. That's, that's the way it's going to be painted. Just like after 9-11, everybody painted kind of all Muslims in a really bad light. Like that was a really tough time for Muslims in America and stuff um, because of obviously what happened. So I guess it's it kind of has to be put into context that way. Like they – Israel 100% is killing like innocent civilians that live in Palestine, sure, um, that aren't part of Hamas or don't support Hamas, but it's kind of indistinguishable pretty much in war. Like, they don't care. Well, we... Our last example was the, you know, Russians don't care about Ukrainian civilians, you know, and that sucks too, but, um, you know... Israel's always been forced to restrain itself and 
Sure. It can't the US the US time. doesn't care about civilians either. Like the the drone strike program in the US, ninety five percent of people that were killed by that program were innocent civilians. So I mean Biden's it, Biden killed a whole family of kids like after Afghanistan's withdrawal. So it's it's the cost of war uh, that people like just don't really talk about. You know, like everyone just kind of picks a side in the war and and they continue on in in that fashion but let's make no mistake about it it's going to be horrific for both sides on a, in a long scale war which i think we're going to have you know we've had the israeli prime minister say that we're done like we need to go into gaza um they apparently are planning on sending troops into gaza but they've held back on that so far uh i guess they are concerned about um lebanon invading israel if they go to war and like send troops into gaza um so they're kind of uh feel fearful of a full-scale invasion from lebanon on an opposite border yeah we should probably clarify that what you mean is hezbollah in lebanon not necessarily lebanon itself although i don't know what the relationship is there right they're also worried about um, uh syria and has the hezbollah units in in syria as well like pushing in um so they have to play it safe because they're they're worried about a full-scale invasion of their country instead of ultimately what is is a small-scale invasion um <clears throat> I mean, they didn't take over anything, and they don't hold any ground necessarily. So it's you mean in Israel? It's more of like an incursion, yeah. Um, it's that's unclear at the moment. Um, so we should probably just talk about like what how this kind of all unfolded. There was a dance festival, like an EDM festival, uh, and mostly young people and there was an all-night thing it was out in the middle of the desert and that is where the first sort of horrific attacks came through they got through the barrier they flew over and then uh i've read just so many accounts now just absolute slaughter the the uh hamas terrorists like they were just shooting and gunning down anybody they could see um, they were taking women hostage. They were raping the women next to the bodies of their friends. They would then execute them. In some cases, um, I think they were raping even the bodies. I, I, I mean, I. It's like I can't really. I don't have the imagination. Um, right. It's for it. definitely horrific. I mean, everything yeah. that they've they've done was horrific. Um, honestly, the paragliding thing kind of inventive i guess um like the stupid like fan carts uh for them to get over the border undetected uh, like and that's kind of you know what we mentioned a little bit before like how the hell did this happen like how did they get over the border undetected like those things i'll tell you i'll go even one further it's, it's amazing well, actually, I think that might be why it was so easy for them to get over is because they couldn't fly that high. They were so low. But they also were utilizing drones that we've seen in places like Ukraine where the Ukrainians are dropping grenades from drones onto targets. And they did that with those automatic uh, machine guns that Israel has set up along the border. Um, and we should also mention that the Israeli army didn't respond for like eight hours. Um, 
Oh and yeah, so, they had free reign like inside of Israel for yeah. quite a long time, and we're talking about uh, a terrorist attack occurring. Like that's a long eight hours, man. Like when you're running for your life and you know trying to avoid detection by Hamas because they were going door to door and killing people. <clears throat> yeah, know? we should mention. So, okay, so. They, the, there's the festival, and then there's the like twenty or so towns that were basically just invaded and and just mass executions and kidnappings. So in the festival, you got this number two sixty. It's a lot. There's a lot of casualties there. Um, and then you have the other thing that happened, which is they were going into these small communities, like very small towns, and they were going door to door, and they were either kidnapping the children, or in one case, they actually kidnapped a. Uh, an Alzheimer woman who, a woman who has Alzheimer's, uh, she's like, like 89, I think she was like a survivor of the Holocaust. Um, and they were like parading her down the street. I mean, in Gaza, like crazy. And they've got every, they got a little, little boy, uh, was like four years old. So they've got like a lot of different people. Um, and, and they were going to these, these, houses and they were killing the parents and then taking the kids or they were killing the whole family. In some cases, um, people had to, of their own accord, go to the towns where the people were under attack and rescue them. Um, and yeah, the, there were only regular traffic police types that were there. So there was like no army presence. And so these guys got overwhelmed and they were like just slaughtered. Um, and so that death toll, which is now up to a thousand, probably goes up. And the reason why is because I think there might still be pockets of gunmen in the country that are hiding, and they haven't they haven't locked down they haven't gotten their country under control yet. So Israel has has admitted that much that they still have pockets of Hamas, uh, you know small cells i guess because uh, we're talking uh 5,000 hamas soldiers were in there so of course they're going to scatter like you you kind of see like they're in different areas and they're kind of spreading out and and stuff um to cause as much chaos as humanly possible they're firing rockets um you know into israel and stuff as well um and they are doing whatever they got to do. There was, a, I think, a story they found like 260 body bodies because this town basically like wanted to defend itself, and they had like a standoff with Hamas, and I guess obviously lost. Um, you know, Hamas is going to be definitely greatly uh, more skilled at fighting than just your like normal civilians and stuff, but. We saw, uh, I shared that tweet with you, the Israeli, like, uh, national, like, security minister or whatever decided to forego some gun laws that they have in Israel so that people can start getting guns to defend themselves against Hamas because they know that they still have Hamas cells lurking through Israel. So, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's kind of crazy in the streets and probably will be for quite a while. Um things we haven't seen is them declare like a lockdown um i it's probably you know pretty self-explanatory uh for something like this to lock down but they haven't stated that like a curfew they haven't in, like you know kind of put anything forward as far as safety measures go in that way as far as i've seen at least i'm sure there's got to be something though you know you have to sit back and kind of go like you know Israel always shows this restraint I mentioned, and then it's like, do the 
do the Jewish people have a right to you know fight for their own lives or are they just expected to apologize every time something like this happens and they go too far and it's like uh we're we're watching in real time just like massive rockets uh uh, uh targeted missiles in Gaza and you know like oh people were complaining online i i mean the discourse online is horrible um cuz people oh, really yeah. do support Hamas but uh you know somebody they blew up a mosque and and somebody said like well you know uh Hamas didn't blow up any 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 temples or anything and it's like if you watch the video it's hilarious cuz they blow up this mosque and then like 10 seconds later the entire thing explodes like twice as big cuz they're they hide munitions inside of soft targets like schools clinics and mosques i mean they're the israel knows exactly what where they what they do and how they use the palestinians as like human shields and stuff so yeah it's definitely a really complex situation you know um from the u.s standpoint we're seeing pretty much everybody but joe biden talk about it at this point um you know lindsey graham went on saying that if hezbollah has any like attacks against Israel, which we're actually already kind of seeing that we should attack Iran and destroy all of their like oil refining capabilities and everything else. Um, even though our intelligence agencies are saying they don't have any evidence that Iran, uh, was responsible for funding Hamas and in this particular situation and stuff. But, um, we know that it's I don't know what evidence you like what evidence would you need cuz we know <laughs> we know that Iran supports Hamas and Hezbollah we know this oh we definitely know this and i i think i wonder if that is like them coming out saying that is um kind of tempering the um the problems with Iran because we all know that the Biden administration as well as the Obama administration, which is a, it's a continuation of, um, had ties with Iran. They were trying to make things positive. They've released billions of dollars, and not just the billions that Biden gave them, but Obama gave them tons of money as well. Um, you know, we're kind of seeing that play out, right? So why would the intelligence agencies go and say, oh, yeah, it was definitely Iran? Um, okay. Uh, this is probably a dark hypothetical but i'll ask you anyway because we just happen to speculate every once in a while do you think it would be a good idea for is there is there a scenario in which you would support the united states attacking inside of iran yes but only because you and our other friend have fully convinced me to go full bore on world war three um so I'm going to go in, in that fashion and definitely say yes. Send the troops. All of them. Send them <clears> to Ukraine, too. I, I don't think... Uh, World I War mean, III. Let's fucking go. You're let's being it all. facetious. I am I being facetious. That. I'm fucking anti-war, you dummy. You know but that. I, I, but I want to say, like, is there a scenario, no, seriously, where you would say America should strike in Iran to retard the nuclear program or... Or the oil industry, whatever you know. I don't. I don't think so. I, I and 
I don't think do so Do I think either. they will, or do I think that if there's a reason to? Sure, I think there's a reason to in some capacity. Do I think they will? Absolutely not. I mean, they've been trying so to work with them on the nuclear program and, like, deter them from getting nuclear weapons, which is not going to happen, okay? If they want a nuclear weapon, they will get their hands on one. They know that they can probably buy one out there from some arms dealer that has one because there was, like... 90 nukes missing from fucking uh, when the USSR collapsed and shit. So, you know, Still they're missing. out there. Okay. <laughs> they're out there. Um, they yeah. don't, they don't need to build one. They can buy one, especially with the money that they keep getting. So is there a reason? I don't know. Like they, they haven't attacked America. Although they have killed, uh, I think it's up to nine American citizens. So, oh yes, I forgot. You know, yeah, we did forget to mention that they have killed nine American citizens. We um, know they have American hostages. We actually, as well, they one hundred percent do. Um, but I don't, I don't know that we would fully attack a country just because they killed tourists, um, or else we probably would have invaded Mexico to kill the cartels by now because they kill tourists all the time. Uh, so <clears throat> I. I don't know. I don't think that there's a situation where the U.S. wants a full-on escalation with Iran. I, I, it's uh, interesting because Saudi Arabia ended the uh, normalization discussions with Israel. I'm not sure if that's temporary to save face. So I, I did send that to you, um, and then I looked – I saw like a couple other things that were kind of talking about that. They mentioned that it was a temporary cessation in discussion, um, probably because they can't focus their time and energy right now on those discussions, right? Like, they're going to just have to deal with the crisis that they have at hand, so that's likely where that comes from. Um, but it's not good. Yeah, yeah. I, I wondered if it was temporary. I'm kind of glad to hear that, I think, because you know, that shows that Saudi Arabia is just waiting to see Israel's response. Basically, Israel has no choice now but to just show its full strength um, and capability. But I, it which they're going to do, if, they're they're mm-hmm. definitely going to do that. I mean, we're we haven't ah, seen anything like this know, in the modern era. Actually, there were some um, videos floating around of uh, what they said was Hamas going door to door, but it was actually Israeli special forces going door to door. I guess trying to either root out Hamas or something like that, but. Good old community notes. Yeah, yeah, community notes. But the only good feature that Elon Musk has added to his platform X. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm looking at a picture right now. Um, it says 108 bodies were discovered in Kippitz, Bieri, women, children, entire families. That's 10% of the town's residents. Um, so these are the kinds of things I'm referring to when I say that the number is just going to keep going up because Hamas went systematically town to town to town. And completely wipe people out, um, and so they're just finding just endless amounts of bodies, which makes you wonder. Forty-eight hours later, why it's still taking so long to get a full accountability of who is alive and not. Um, and yeah, this also was a social media attack. Uh, Hamas used TikTok and um, other X uh, to get the video out of the of the shit they were doing i mean they they committed war crimes on defenseless foreign nationals or 
people with dual citizenship. And yeah, it's explicitly online. It's meant to sh- strike fear into people. Oh yeah, and Hamas now and is, I, is then, stating and, that like if uh, the U.S. has like gets any involvement, which they already are, because they're sending the Gerald R. Ford um, aircraft carrier out out here. Yeah. So of course we're involved in some capacity, and and now Hamas is saying that they're going to start. Uh, executing people and sharing video of those executions for the news and and on social media and stuff like that to kind of uh, you know portray terror even further and um, kind of put people in their place and stuff like that so we're gonna see that coming for sure what do you make of the (laughs) president biden's complete lack of response to any of this like Tweeting about his jobs added, like just autopilot all the way. Kamala Harris nowhere to be seen. What else is new? Like, sure like, they had this like crazy, right? So they did have uh, a press conference, um, I believe, the day that it occurred. And it, like, I will say, Biden spoke uh, very clearly in in that press conference and stuff. But that was kind of before they found out about. Uh, you know, nine dead Americans, and they really had which like, they haven't talked about. They have not right, addressed at that. all. Um, and you know, they didn't have a full body count and stuff. And now, he, for the second day in a row, he's taking a, a lid at, at noon today. Um, so he, it's already four thirty. So he took that lid. So he's gone. Um, and then I know people were getting really pissed off because as soon as he was told the news. He still had a barbecue at the White House, so like a live, like a live band and stuff. Um, I, I hate to defend Biden because you know I hate him, um, but what's he to do? Like he had this whole thing planned. Um, is he to just take off completely and like be like, oh, I can't do this barbecue now? Like, because mm. yeah. realistically, what could he have done? at that time what could he have done at that time because he didn't have enough information he's not going to send troops you know it was still a a very early ongoing situation so again like i i'm not defending him because obviously he still hasn't like answered the bell other than one quick um one quick press conference but now we're a couple days into this there's americans involved there's uh, potential other terrorist uh, acts going on with Hezbollah and everything, and he, now he's completely silent on it. Fucking two days later, so I, I trust me, I'm not defending Joe Biden here, but like, what would he, what should he have done in in that situation? Because there's nothing he could have done. Do you think a DeSantis or Nikki Haley, perhaps even a Trump administration, would have handled that whole thing differently? I feel like they would have. <laughs> Yeah, but they they've been ever more present um forever. Like Biden he doesn't, you know, he takes lids all the time. He takes a lot of vacations, he takes a lot of time off. He goes and, you know, home a lot like to to Delaware and shit. Like I mean, yeah, because you know, Trump is more energetic and stuff like that. Now he'll probably say some crazy shit um for sure, but he has more energy. He has more capability, more mental capacity um, 
diminished by the fact that he's an idiot, but more mental capacity for just doing the hard thing of being president and, and getting yourself out there in front of the public. Yeah, I think they would have been more vocal on it. And you know Trump loves to tweet, so. Well, I, I think that um, it's also an interesting thought experiment because uh, I think Biden relies so heavily on the media to cover for his blunders and the, that the media didn't talk about the barbecue and that a DeSantis would have been skewered for having a barbecue right after this event. Sure. I think that says a lot, too, that a Republican administration would be a little more uh, thoughtful about the events they were holding because the media would, you know, grill them on it. I mean, DeSantis came right out after the whole Fort Lauderdale and, and Tampa thing. Like, it was immediate he condemned from him. It. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't two days later. He was like, oh, we shouldn't do this. Um, like, we were seeing up in Canada a lot of pro-Palestine or even pro-Hamas protesting. And, like, they didn't even say shit about it until today, maybe. So it was, like, two days too late. And they're like, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, we actually meant to condemn this, but we just didn't. I mean, that is pretty wild. Uh and these days, I, the, all you have to do is send a fucking tweet. Like you don't even have to, you don't even have to have a press conference or anything. But it's again, like what you said, the only tweet from the POTUS Twitter or sorry X account today was about three hundred thirty-six thousand jobs being added, which seventy thousand of them were government jobs. Another hundred and twenty-six thousand of those jobs were part-time jobs. People and, are working two jobs, and they're counting right. each of those as a six-pepper job. Right. And the uh, actual overall full-time jobs decreased by 22,000 jobs last month. Yep. So, like, what he tweeted what, what he tweeted out was a complete fucking lie anyway. So instead of saying something about what's going on with your Twitter account for the day, you fucking put out a lie. Or a deception, sorry. Might not be a lot. Uh, mis misinformation. Fucking Decepticons. Um, somebody who I follow on X who is, uh, I think his family is actually, he was born in Israel, so was, he, he has like a lot of ties back there. Um, he's, he tweeted, X'd, posted 1,500 terrorist bodies in the area around Gaza thus far. This is all inside Israeli territory. I'm not sure what that means. Are they saying that they have terrorists in the country, or are they saying they have terrorists that are dead? When I hear bodies, I typically would think dead. Dead, right? Yeah, that's what I would but then think. It's like, but all they, inside of could Israeli just be, territory, right? It could just be a count. Like, why would they say in Israeli territory? If it could be a translation error. Yeah, um, and right. So that's that's the other thing. Like everything on Twitter you see is like everything is in like Arabic or Hebrew, I guess, and and stuff like that. And you don't know if the fucking translation is right or not. Like I'm, I can't speak either of those languages, so I don't know if any of those translations are correct and, and what's really going on. Um, you know, especially. Everything's so sensationalized and and polarized. Like you'll see you'll see a tweet or a post or whatever you want to call it, and then five, ten, fifteen minutes later, you see something completely contradictory to that. So, like I know some of the things that I've sent you 
and like I've seen the complete opposite of that tweet also out there. Mm. And I, you know, what I, I said to you and, and our super fan earlier today was like, it's amazing how quickly everything is happening um, mm-hmm. online. Like the retaliation into Gaza is like pff, immediate, you know, uh, we didn't even like invade Afghanistan the next day, you know what I mean? Like it was a couple weeks later, like a month later or whatever, but everything is just like so fast. Uh, and Twitter is just like pumping out so much shit and everybody has their opinion and then the other side of the opinion within seconds. And so we're just seeing 48 hours worth of um, government movement and like troop movement and, and like all this other shit happening so quick. It, it's quite amazing to watch actually. It's probably the fastest that any, anybody's ever mobilized ever. Um, yeah, they mustered 100,000 in 24 hours and there's i think 300,000 now there there are people who aren't even eligible reservists who are signing up but let's let's not conflate the fact like they were ready for this so like we know that they were ready for this they've been preparing for this shit for what a thousand years like you know that that conflict is such it's so crazy like i don't even know the full like bones about it but this has been going on forever, like forever. Um, there was a big conflict in like 2018. Uh, I sent you a bunch of numbers earlier where like 31,000 Palestinians ended up dead and like 100 Israelis. And if you look at the way that those numbers bear out over over time, way more Palestinians die ever than than Israelis. Like... Um, part of that is obviously the defenses that they have and everything are way more capable than whatever Palestine has and, and stuff. But um, it's it's quite interesting to see how this thing has like played out. Um, they keep calling this like the deadliest terror attack. I don't know. It seem, wouldn't seem it that way. Israel's to me. history. I, I, I is it though? I mean, I. I don't know the full extent of their history, so I'm not too sure about it. But uh, yeah, uh, before get, this, like, the pretty crazy. The worst one was the um, uh, plane was hijacked in the 70s, I think, um, maybe like 76. And during that um, operation, uh, a, a lot of people lost their lives. But before that, not not anything close to this. Um, Where do you think they go from here? I mean. The Israelis have been pretty adamant about completely annihilating Hamas, like wiping them off the face of the earth. Um, that's they've made that pretty fucking evident, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> but they, I feel like they can't do so without completely wiping Gaza off the map. <clears throat> oh, I think um, – so I can't pr- probably answer this just very easily. I, I think that the last time they had a war, it was 32 days, and there were a lot of concessions made. I think that this time it's over and done. I don't know I, – I don't know what happens to Gaza at the end of this. I don't know if, like, Palestinians are allowed to, like, coexist there, but I, I guarantee you that Hamas is going to be non-existent. I don't know if that's going to take seven days or 30 days or tonight but um they're gonna it's they're gone right but with 
with terrorist groups, we understand this. Um, obviously. You cut off a head and then another one sprouts up. Right. And we saw that play out dramatically between Afghanistan and Iraq and, you know, invention of ISIS. And, like, you just generate more terrorism, like, with the more terrorists you kill, especially if you're killing innocent civilians. And, you know, some of the stuff I sent you, which, <clears throat> for the record, everybody, uh, Aaron and I are pretty much online all day like we get to see stuff happen all day in real, real time, time. Yeah. and uh, a lot of it is very difficult to process um but like i sent you a video of this guy in palestine like holding his baby had to have been like a one and a half year old maybe and was like holding her and because she was dead and he was like saying his final goodbyes and like clearly that child was not a terrorist like it was just the byproduct of of terrorists killing and now that father in my opinion has every right to become radicalized against israel if they're the ones that killed his child i mean that's just an inevitable fact you're using the logic i think that some people do in good faith when they try to talk about this I get it. I think that the scale of the level of death and just and like just the the cr- criminal acts that were conducted, I think, make it impossible to have sympathy for them anymore. And they just have to. I don't know. I, I if I was Israel, I might just say we should just occupy Gaza now. But you, um, so you can't have sympathy for a dead one-year-old <clears throat> child that had absolutely it's, it's really nothing hard. to do with the terrorist attack. It, it's really hard for me because you had because children on the other side died and they died first, and then you've got these. Yeah, it's it's every child dying is a tragedy, but they went they explicitly went over the border and executed complete families and children. Is, and is I've that is that one-year-old? a member of Hamas or not? That one-year-old is not a member of Hamas. Well then, what's your answer? Is it okay to, to bomb and kill children? It had nothing I, to do with it. People there, people are going to get killed. Uh, either either side. It's not okay. Yeah. Either side. Innocent people... It, we, well, Russia has been targeting happen. civilians and stuff too. It is obviously wrong. Like, you know, civilians oftentimes get killed in wars way more than actual troops do even in modern versions of war you know this isn't um world war ii anymore you know like we have a very modern schema for for fighting wars except i guess the ukrainians kind of fall back on world war ii style tactics sometimes which is odd but um it's that's it's not okay like that's not okay just Plain and simple. If it's, you need me, not. if you need me to say it's not okay, I, it's not. I'm not. I'm not trying to say I don't care. I'm saying that all, as it stands today, get ready for more of those pictures. Oh, that, dude! I mean, come on. They come out of Yemen all the time. Uh, where the oh, UAE, we've seen worse. The UAE is is killing uh, people in Yemen for years. I mean, like, I think it. Four, I don't know, it was like 400,000 people a year or something are killed in Yemen, like some crazy shit. And obviously most of them are civilians. So 
it's again it's a cost of war and now these people in gaza have to um suffer because of they, what a terrorist organization the, has done i i know but the, I know. You know, it's the same thing like the people in afghanistan suffered because of what al-qaeda had, had done to the united states and and all this other stuff too like it it just never ends in that that fashion like it's a vicious cycle um like and we're gonna see a lot more the, of this yeah it forces me to ask the question what's is it does the does the life of a jewish person mean less than the life of a palestinian and that if you ask certain people especially certain members of congress in the united states they would say a jewish life is less valuable than a palestinian life I mean, yeah, I would I would likely say that, um, you know, we, we ironically also some of the people we've seen be relatively silent are like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Elon Omar already Ilan came Omar, out. Nope. Yeah, she you saw, did she what she wrote? Out, kind of saying like Palestine is is great. Like, oh, you, you know, got to read her Twitter thread. It's crazy shit. She has a Twitter th- uh, X thread that she put up. I'll see if I can find it. And we've seen that for a long time. She's been very pro-Palestinian. She's actually made some anti-Semitic remarks in the past, um, which get completely downplayed um, because of who she is. And it's just kind of like atrocious to see um, because they, at, at the end of the day, Israel was the one who was attacked here, right? So if we're condemning terrorism, it doesn't matter um, really who is attacked or or what like you or or who attacks like you have to condemn the attacker it's an act of terrorism and you you have to support the people who were terrorized like that's just kind of natural proclivities of humanity right but that's not what she did like she completely changed up like her tactic and went full palestine and and we've seen that before so it's just an interesting thing to see um everybody kind of take these different stances on things uh so early i've been told you weren't allowed to take both sides or both sides isn't as bad and then this is what she writes this is an hour ago recording at 1 48 p.m on monday just as we honor the humanity of the hundreds of innocent israeli civilians and nine americans who were killed this past weekend that number will go up we must honor the humanity of the innocent Palestinian civilians who have been killed and whose lives have been upended. See that right there. It uh, and she goes on. She there's it's all it's all grievances. Um, we're talking like over a thousand people so far. Like one of the biggest terrorist attacks in history. It has to be. I, I can't imagine. Um, it's it's shocking to me that there's such a a huge like disparity and and i will say even um support for israel before any of this happened there was a huge support for israel just looking at gaza and like understanding that there's 2.2 million people in all of gaza and it's like very very small like people are the most densely packed places on earth right it's the third what i heard was like the third most densely packed place in the entire world um and it, you know, everyone's liking it to an open air prison because they Which have it's not. water on one side and then they have two closed borders. Um, 
you know, the the situation between Gaza and, and Israel at their border has been troublesome for decades. Remember, like snipers were like shooting kids trying to cross over into Israel and, and shit like that. <clears throat> I do. Like, it, it's that was what back in the early 2000s, maybe. Um, it was 2001, I think, when they last had their like a major conflict. But, Brad, here's the problem I struggle with. The Israeli government gave them the Gaza Strip. They they literally said, we're taking our own citizens. We're forcibly going to remove them from the Gaza Strip. We're going to give this to you. And then right. where it, they are now. But it, it, again, it reminds me of the, the sci-fi fantastic movie District 9. It like, does, yeah. It, but it, it very much echoes like that entire situation. Um and it's interesting to see the parallels there um, because they did the same thing in that movie for, for the aliens. They're like, well, we're going to give you this area. And then they decided to try and, like, get rid of them and, like, deport them and stuff. You know what I mean? So it was, like, kind of crazy in that regard. But that's kind of exactly what's happening. Um, and it's just interesting that Gaza has been able to amass the weaponry that it does. And like, how does it even get there with all these closed borders and stuff? Um, right. But how does it get there if they have, like, if they can't bring ships in basically if, and all the oh, borders are closed, like it, it's gotta be tough. Um, but how such a they... small country has like amassed these arms to even attack Israel in the first place is, is very interesting to me. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we, they're not as closed off as the media in the United States would like you to believe. I'll say that. But, um, you know, I, I pe- people are upset that Gaza's electricity got cut off. Um, well, so I, you had mentioned war crimes. Uh, I saw somebody mention that, like, you know, they shut off all of the electricity and water um, and they're like barricading abilities to like get food and drinkable water and things like that in Gaza, and they liken those to war crimes. Um, what's your like feeling on that? Like, is that a war crime? Like, obviously, torturing people Mm-mm. like Hamas did and the United States did um, is war crimes. Like those, I, I are... saw war crimes two days ago. I saw images oh, of yeah. women bleeding from the between their legs. Like, right. I saw war crimes. That that. Those were 1,000% war crimes. So that's why I find it interesting for somebody to stay, like, state that cutting off all of their water and stuff is a war crime. But I would – the only reason that would lean me in that direction is Israel's prime minister, uh, Netanyahu, his, like, stance on it was we're fighting animals and this is what you do to animals. But again, you're dealing with civilians too. Not they're not all members of Hamas. So you're now hurting potentially 2.2 million people for I don't even know how many members of Hamas that are there in Gaza. It's probably an untold amount, but Yeah. Hmm. Well, um I don't know that I would necessarily call that a war crime. Like for sure. I don't. Well, I I don't, but but with with I, I, uh, I think with the rhetoric though involved from Netanyahu and in, in this calling everyone in Palestine animals and like all this other shit like they they've said far worse about the Jewish oh, people a hundred percent that's no doubt in my mind that's I mean that's the that, both sides of them right right I'm this like, whole conflict is just 
It's just an it's escalation again, I, of a conflict that's been going on for thousands of years. It, it's just like – it's the same question I go back to, which is like is a Jewish life worth as much as a Palestinian life? It, if you call one an animal, both of them an animal, is one worse than the other? I don't know. But, I'd tell no, you to I, ask Joe Biden, but he's not available afternoon today. <clears> so, uh, Yeah, he didn't come into work. Um, you know, uh, today's a, a federal holiday. Maybe he just took the day off. I don't know. Yeah, um, indigenous – People's Murder Day. Uh, yeah. So I don't think there's much more I can give you right now because everything's kind of just quickly escalating. And I, I just think that now let's just go through Gaza and just – Right, I but know, like I said, their, their hesitation on doing that because that was actually their – initial plan was like we're going into gaza like there's nothing you can do about it and then they pulled back on that because they're afraid of hezbollah in, in lebanon and we're seeing hezbollah um attack some some different things and we've seen the taliban ask iran for safe passage through iran so they could come in and and help invade israel with hamas and hezbollah like Iran is 100% surrounded by enemies, like, all over the place. And you're right. It is Biden's mess. Uh, The Middle East has – this is probably the most unstable we've seen the Middle East um, in a while. In a while, I will say. And it kind of all started with uh, withdrawing from Afghanistan. Not that that wasn't the right idea, but it opened up a a presence and then put – the Taliban back in power too. Um, you know, one of the to kind of tie that all together is one of the reports we're seeing is is that Hamas has some weapons that were allegedly left over from when the Biden administration pulled out of Afghanistan. Yeah, man, and, and that the Taliban has actually <laughs> been supplying Hamas with U.S. backed arms. So, Can you imagine if we find that out? Mm. It would. It would. Then what? It, then, any... then what? Do we do we fucking invade Afghanistan again, and or and slap them I, on I the wrist you, and be like, "Don't do that"? You know, we fought you no, for twenty we years. Don't. <laughs> we don't because Biden's nowhere. in charge. I mean, Biden wouldn't even be held accountable for that. In this in this current climate, where the media covers for every little fuck up he does, you know, it, okay. it's it's interesting to see that too because, like we had mentioned in our last podcast, they've actually been kind of like playing both sides there and attacking him for you know misremembering things or whatever you want to call it. Um, But then they also defend him. So they're kind of taking both sides here where they're trying to kill him and, and help him at the same time. Yeah. I mean, not that we need to belabor any like politics in America, but I don't know, man, he he just, at some point they're going to have to, I, you can't four more years, but this is another rally cry for politics in America. Like, let's make no mistake about that. You know, uh, people are willing to vote based on how they feel about Ukraine. And now we're going to add Israel into the mix, too. And we're going to we're going to see candidates get primaried and stuff like that because of their stances on Israel um, at, and Palestine. Like, I, I firmly believe that. I, I really it, isn't do. it interesting the dichotomy between uh, defending Ukraine at all costs after they got invaded, but not defending Israel at all costs after they were invaded? I find that to be a very 
the the left struggles with these ideas. They they don't know quite how to square the circle on either. I think. No, I I agree with you in in that respect, and I. So that's what I mean. Like this situation can't kind of go unaddressed from a political standpoint because it's going to have repercussions here in America too, especially coming up on in an election year. Um, I think people's stance on this is really going to matter, especially if the conflict continues to draw out any further. Um, like if this pushes into, you know, everybody thought kind of that Russia would be done with Ukraine by now or they would have lost by now. People thought that would be kind of a short war. Obviously, it's a long, drawn-out, protracted war. And um, what if this pushes into six months, you know, where we're full full swing into uh, campaign trails and and everybody's on the the campaigns? And, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see because we have a – third republican primary debate coming up soon supposedly um it'll be interesting to see how some of the questions from this situation get posed to republicans um i'd I'd especially like to see how vivek ramaswamy and nikki haley handle these questions because she consistently attacks him on his lack of knowledge about foreign policy and things like that so he would need to really step up in in this regard to keep any chance of kind of remaining in the race because we all know where Nikki Haley's going to stand here. She's already stand uh, stood by Israel um, and continues to do so. Um, so it would be interesting to see what stance everybody kind of takes and how they um, like, I would want to know, I think in that, in that Republican primary, what their stance is on Israel and like, how would you handle the foreign policy around Israel and Palestine and, and all this other stuff. So it definitely is going to have a big effect here, especially if it lasts any longer um, and into the number of months as opposed to days or weeks. Yeah. Presidencies are often defined by things you would never be able to predict. And that's why COVID played an issue. And that's why the financial crisis played an issue and the bailouts. And that's why the Middle East suddenly becoming a, a, igniting once again could be an issue that just was unforeseen right, we except just, for we just got out was, but, <laughs> we just got out yeah except for, except for um okay so we've basically finished that um it's sad that's not an easy thing to talk about is there anything else you wanted to mention maybe from our docket or you had any ideas any topics of interest it seems like this is kind of all that's going on right now. So. Well, it's definitely like the number one thing. Um, I actually would like to point out a very small thing that uh, probably a lot of people wouldn't uh, realize here. Um, while all of this was, was going on, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy actually went to the Canadian border. And they he said – he pointed out that there's like two signs and one is like this way – to the border and then the other one specifically points out a hiking trail that you can cross a very small creek and he actually crossed it uh and the water never came up like past his knees where you can just completely bypass border like the border patrol at all costs and sneak into the into the country and uh you know while everyone's complaining about what's going on at the southern border 
It's important to note that coyotes will actually fly people into Canada and then come down the border into the United States. And I've seen people arguing online like, you know, no, if this were true, people would stay in Canada. And I'm like, no, they wouldn't because it's very, very hard to stay and live in Canada. They actually have stricter immigration laws than the United States does. Um, So, like, they actually, to gain immigration status into Canada, they put you on, like, a scoring system based off of, like, your job. And if you have a job that's deemed uh, more important than other jobs, you score higher on an immigration system. basically scale and that's how they determine the best people to allow to stay in canada that seems uh what's the word (laughs) are you a little racist so it it's i mean i don't know i haven't seen it or anything like that but um i know somebody who looked into the process and you know people underestimate the fact that um i think Robert F. Kennedy shared this, um, that like 220,000 immigrants a year just fly into the United States without like ever hitting a, a checkpoint of any kind. And then they just stay here. I mean, our, our, our immigration system is, is fucked. I, I don't know why anybody would want to immigrate to an authoritarian country like Canada. Um, I mean, the Canadian people cry out to be liberated. So, uh, that should be our next target. I think we should invade Canada and Greenland. I say probably just, Australia too. I say we just do it all. Canada. We need to liberate Mexico. them. They cry out for change, for regime change. They need it. Yeah. And <laughs> if the U.S. is good at anything, it's regime change. Let's let's be honest about that. I mean, we could remove Trudeau and put in like a, a puppet government that we control, and we we arm could the we could also remove Trudeau and then put Trudeau back. Like we did with the Taliban. <laughs> yeah, Trudeau goes right? away so for about have, 20 years yeah. and then he so comes have, back. Uh... Fuck uh... those Mounties. <laughs> they got down. What are they going to do? <clears throat> Fucking horse. They're going to listen is what they're going to do. Fucking Brokeback Mountain cops. Fucking America's hat. We're not afraid of America's hat. But I I don't know. Uh, I guess like a couple of things like that. Are, are kind of interesting to see because, you know, we are seeing more and more people um, flood the border, uh, the southern border. You know, they're kind of just letting people in at this point, um, so much so that Joe Biden now has to build his racist wall um, to keep people. No, out. no, <laughs> no, not, it's not, not a racist wall. wall. It's, a pro- it's a progressive vertical structure yes. built by uh, net zero carbon emission yes. companies. But the it's funny thing wall. is that uh, the Biden administration sold $300 million worth of materials for $2 million, and now they have to purchase all of those materials again. Um, so now the racist wall or sorry, progressive wall um, has uh, now become more expensive than the one that that Trump decided that he wanted to build. So, yeah. Well, if you think that's fun, wait till you see what the uh, oil reserves are looking like today. It ain't pretty. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And uh, Lindsey Graham would love to uh, take out all of Iran's oil refineries so that oil prices skyrocket even more, I'm sure. 
Well, that's good because we haven't. We just go to Venezuela and support that authoritarian communist dictatorship too. We'll just do Pro- all the bad decisions. It's progressive dictatorship, Aaron. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's a distinction there. You're right. Um, I've got nothing else. Uh, hockey starts in what? Yes, few days, week, tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Okay. Yeah, first game. Tomorrow. All right, There's so games we do have that tomorrow. to look forward to. And then, uh, will I be seeing you in a week or so? No, um, unfortunately, I cannot make that um, on okay. that day that you will be in Philadelphia. I am actually in a beer brewing competition. Um, oh, so while okay. you were here, you saw the two. Mm-hmm barrels of beer that i had uh fermenting well that is all now good to go and will be subject to competition um, ah good for you my friend runs the competition so i kind of felt obligated to do it um and so i had to forego coming to the eagles game with you and also okay. eagles tickets were ridiculously expensive and i wasn't paying oh no shit <laughs> it was I, like three hundred dollars it. it was like three hundred dollars a ticket for nosebleed Ooh, brutal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, uh, if you, if we record, uh, between now and then that's fine. And if we don't, then hopefully I survive that football game. Question mark. Um, I don't know. Philly's been pretty bad lately, dude. (laughs) I know. You know what? Um, not that I want to go into it too much, but seeing all that like mass rioting or whatever, pretty, it's pretty interesting. America's cities are falling apart. Yes, they are. Okay. Um, well, this on this increasingly off-the-rails edition of the Almasonary Moment, um, I think we could probably just call it there. Sounds good, buddy. Are you good? All yeah. right. Have a good one. See you.